You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. I'm Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high-quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. So this week on the podcast, I'm joined by Lake Pickle. He is a social media guru over at Primos, and I'm sure he does a lot more than that over there, but I want to give him a chance to uh, explain that. So, Lake, why don't you just give the listener a little bit of context into who you are and what kind of what you do day-to-day at Primos? Yeah, sure. Uh, so like I said, I'm Lake, um, from Mississippi originally. I, I grew up, uh, probably like half an hour from the Primo's headquarters, but, uh, never even stepped foot over there until I got hired there when I was, uh, 21 when I started there. Um, and that's kind of a crazy story in itself, but yeah, I'm uh, primarily a videographer, uh, and work with a video team. I have been doing it for five years now. So yeah, I, I, I would do, um, you know, I'm with the Wilbur and Brad and Jimmy and Troy and Jordan and myself, um, do all the TV show stuff. And, uh, yeah, like, like you stated earlier, I manage all the social media and, and all that. So it, uh, keeps me busy, but, uh, it's fun. It's a good, it's a good time right now. It's kind of, kind of the slow time of year cause we, we're not hunting or anything. We're just kind of in the office. Are you, uh, are you familiar with Bruce, Mississippi? Um, not very. I, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but you know, I haven't, haven't spent any extended time there. Yeah, no, we were, uh, I was in Bruce in March hunting some Easterns and man, it was fun. Yeah. It's re- some, some cool country. Yeah. So where are you from originally? Oklahoma originally living oh. in Austin, Texas now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love to make it back out there, man. You guys have some, some cool turkey hunting. Yeah, it's definitely like I, I can I can only liken it to like the first time that I, you know, like grew up hunting in Mississippi. The first time I went to Oklahoma, it was a pretty stark change for me. So, yeah, it, it's Mississippi is uh, like that whole southeast region. Start getting in like Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, all that. It's it's like its own little it's like its own little world. It's, called, it's Turkey and there's nothing quite like it. It's, it's pretty unique. Yeah. No, we were. It, the the terrain was really beating me up quite a bit. You guys had some really really steep canyons, and then like uh, we eventually got into some birds uh, that was backed. We found some open land finally, some just some hayfields that were cut down real low, and we finally found some uh, some birds in there. But man, it was some tough country, and uh, we we were doing twelve miles a day, and a lot of times on public, those birds do not talk. No man, look, it's a Mississippi, like, um, I told, I, I tell this to everybody when they come to like to turkey <laughs> for the first time, you don't find many like fair weather turkey hunters. You find like, there's, there's a lot of hardcores around, around that area. There's guys that, uh, they hit it hard, like, uh, opening day of turkey season on those public lands. Um, there, there's pretty much a truck every parked everywhere, you know, and like those, those birds get hammered. They get caught at, yelped at. Hoot at, hoot out at, walked up on and spooked in every which way possible. So they're 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 different <clears throat> to hunt. That's that's for sure. Yeah. So maybe you could uh, 
you said you had an interesting story of kind of how you started out there. Did you know you always wanted to work somewhere in the outdoor industry or how did that, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, for sure. Excuse me. (coughs) Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I, uh, growing up in central Mississippi being, you know, very much introduced to the hunting culture, you know, my family hunted and big deer hunters and, and stuff like that, you know, and if you're in, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, well, anywhere nationwide, but especially since Primo's is local, I grew up watching, you know, truth videos. Sorry, my throat. <clears throat> but, um, sorry. No, I got that same thing going on right now, too. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, the South, man. It's so humid this time of year. And it's probably, yep. what it probably is. Like, I'm sitting outside because there's, you know, the house is kind of noisy right now in there. And uh, there's mosquitoes everywhere, and I have that kind of blood that they like, and so I like oh, yeah. myself in in deep repellent. So it's probably why I'm coughing. But anyhow, sorry. <laughs> no, you're my... good. Uh, no, I grew. You could like I tell everyone when I when I tell this story, like you could go back and you could ask my mother when I was like ten years old. She would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I said I wanted to go work for Primos. That's what I always wanted to do. I, I, mean, I grew up watching the Andy Griffith Show and Primos Truth About Hunting. So. You know, like Will and Jimmy and Troy and Brad, those were my heroes, you know. So, you know, I did the thing kind of most guys like us do. You know, me and my hunting buddies in high school, we'd have little handy cams and we'd film each other and all that. You know, every, everyone does that, especially these days. You know, back then, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess, dating myself a little bit. But like, you know, YouTube and Instagram weren't as big, so we didn't really have a, a platform to, to put it on. But, you know, we were still doing it. And... um I caught I, I caught a really good break when I was uh, twenty. I, I caught I got an internship with uh, Midwest Whitetail. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yep, very familiar. Uh, and that's when uh, Aaron Warbritton and Greg Clements were still with Midwest Whitetail when I did that internship. And Aaron is Aaron and Greg is who I primarily learned under. And that's where I got my first formal training uh, as far as like filming hunts and editing and just kind of the pieces and parts that put a hunting show together uh and that's really that that's what set me apart in terms of you know i i, I get questioned a lot by guys you know like how do you get in the hunting industry uh it's it's what set me apart from everybody else was just the fact that i had some degree of professional experience that's mm-hmm. a, something that that a lot of folks don't get and i was very fortunate to have uh but a lot of it also man was just the lord's timing is what i credit it to because uh, i left the internship uh, actually, I went back to college at Mississippi State University, and uh, I was there for about a year and a half. I had about a year and a half to go, uh, and there's a um, there's a local sports show in Mississippi called the Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza. It's actually coming up again here in a few weekends, and Primo's is always there because we're a local brand. And uh, I, after the internship, Aaron had actually run into Brad Ferris at the ATA and said, hey, you know, we got a we got a kid that just came out of our internship, really wants to work for Primo's. That's like his goal. And Brad was actually doing his game plan show at the time, but he said, you know, put him in contact with me, give me his email and we'll talk. So I had, I had emailed Brad a few times, told him who I was, but you know, obviously there wasn't anything I could do because I was a full-time student, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I was at the, the extravaganza that day and I, I just walked by the Primo's booth and I saw Brad was there and I'd never met Brad face to face. And I said, I said, you know, I should probably, you know, go up to him and shake his hand and say, Hey, I'm Lake. I'm the kid that's been emailing you for the past year, you know? So right. I go up there, talk to him, tell him how he, tell him he knew who I was primarily, you know, a name like Lake Pickle isn't very common. So 
<laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Right off the start. Uh, but I remember him acting like a lot more interested in me than I expected. You know, I was, I was kind of just wanting to, you know, like, Hey, I'm late, you know, after I get out of college would love to, you know, maybe come in and talk to y'all, maybe pursue some work, whatever. Well, that was on a Sunday, right? That Wednesday, three days later, we just moved our stuff back into our apartment because school was about to start back. And, uh, I was sitting on the couch with my roommate, with my college roommate, we were watching TV and my phone rings and it was I mean, it was early for a college student. It was about 9 a.m. And he said, who in the world's calling you? I said, Brad Ferris. And he went, bull. I said, I swear. And I held up my phone. He's like, you better answer that. And uh, I answered the phone. as Brad. He small talked for a minute. And he was like, look, here's the situation. We've got elk season coming up here in a few weeks. And we need uh, someone to run camera. Bad. So will you come down to the Primo's office, consider putting off school for a little bit and help us out? And I was like, School, elk hunting with primos. Mm-hmm. Elk hunting with primos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it was it was a whirlwind from there. I'm actually I'm actually still in college um, because when I went in there and interviewed, um, I, that was the first time I met Will face to face. And Will like stopped the interview and said, "I'm not going to hire you unless you don't promise that you're going to finish your school." I said, "All right, I'll finish my school." So I've been plugging away at an online degree ever since, which Lord willing, unless I screw something up, will be done in August. But yeah, that's been five years ago now. Like we're, we're getting, starting to get ready now for my sixth elk season, <clears throat> which is crazy because it doesn't, it, time flies, but yeah, yeah, that may have been a little bit more than you were asking. No, that's perfect. That's, that's, that's kind of wild, man. That seems like a, like a supernatural calling from God. Like that seems really, really clear to me. And yeah. I feel like a lot of that you get you got really lucky with that because a lot of people don't have someone saying I'll supplement your college for work. I want you to work, and it's like yeah. okay, yeah. you know, a lot of people want to break away and be a, I want to be a hunting YouTuber. I want to start the hunting public or something like that. And like those are cool things, right? But they don't lead to paying the bills. And so, well, I mean, there's a thing, you know, like I was very fortunate that I had parents that would you know listen to me. As far as like they knew what I wanted to do, they knew that the hunting industry was what I wanted to be involved in. But at the same time, they, they never like deterred me from it. But at the same time, they were like, "Hey, let's use a little common sense here." So like like I said, I was in school and I was I, mean, I was very like I had a backup plan, you know. Like I said, if if the hunting industry doesn't work out, I was like I was at Mississippi State for a wildlife science degree. I wanted to get into you know like wildlife management and, and stuff like that. So, but you know, like I said, it, it was. The Lord's plan all along, and I'm hundred percent positive I'm I'm at where I'm supposed to be now, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congratulations, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate. Yeah. It. So, has ever has been being in the hunting industry and maybe videoing and and you know spending a lot of your time hunting and your that's your work time too. Yes. So, has that ever diluted that that passion for it, or has it only grown it? No, like that's, I, I get asked that all the time, especially like by my friends. Like it, if the only effect it has had is like, it'll make like hunting than I ever thought possible just cause we do it all the time. But I've never not wanted to go hunting. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's just not going to happen. Like, here's a, like an example for you. Like, um, just, just this past spring, um, we were turkey hunting in Iowa on a, on a video trip and, um, we had all killed turkeys. Um, Troy killed a turkey. No, excuse me. Jimmy killed a turkey. Jordan killed a turkey and I had shot a turkey. Uh, 
luckily, because actually that'll be on the on the show. I I missed like two turkeys in two days. It got pretty embarrassing. But I finally, yeah, it was bad, man. It was bad. It was a bad week. But I finally, I killed one. Thankfully, but yeah. uh, so and so our executive producer Ben was uh, getting married in April, and we gave him all kinds of crap about that. We're like, Ben, you're our producer, and you're gonna make a wedding in April when you know we're going to be traveling, you know, but it was like that. So we, but anyhow, to get to, to get to our point, we, so we had been turkey hunting all weekend in Iowa. We had to leave. We pulled out of the driveway of that outfitter at 1 a.m., drove through the night, got there, put my suit on because I had to be in the wedding, did the wedding. We're at the reception and Jordan walks up to me and goes, we going hunting in the morning. I'm like, Hey, yeah, we're going hunting in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> in April, absolutely, we're going hunting, and not for you know, not for videoing or anything. We just wanted to go, you know. So, so no, it hasn't it hasn't diluted anything. You know, it, like I said, it is work sometimes because you yeah, know yeah. we have to make shows. We you know we have to put podcasts out. There's there's obligations there, but no, my my hunting is hunting is to me what it always is, if not. Yeah. Me. So what's it, is it, is it different filming for, you know, behind someone else knowing that what, what you're filming is super important comparative to like how you used to film for yourself on your, on your own hunts, stuff like that. How's that, how's that different? That's a good question. No one's ever asked that before. That's a good question. Um, yeah, it, it, it honestly, man, it's, it's, it's grown every year. Cause like, like it, it was like, let me like preface that with like the first year at Primo's I knew it was important. Like, I mean, you know, like the first, I can remember the first, like the, that first trip I was filming Brad, you know, someone I'd grown up watching on TV, all of a sudden I'm filming him elk hunt. And so like, I, it was just automatically, I was aware. I was like, this is way more important than me trying to film my high school buddy, Jimmy shoot a deer and, you know, on his back 40, you know, something. Right. So, but every year, you know, you just, become so much more aware of what all goes into these episodes because you know it never ceases to amaze me you know, like when you take a show that we put on outdoor channel right it's 30 minutes when you take the commercial time out of it, it is 22 minutes on the nose mm -hmm. so you have to make an elk hunt a, an episode where we kill one or two elk because we usually you know separate them out but typically you i mean you have to make an elk hunt where you're going to kill let's say two elk you have to squeeze that down into 22 minutes. That's asking a lot, you know, because, you know, it, it, think about, I mean, I, I don't know if you ever elk hunted, but even if you turkey hunted, you know, if you, you know, trying to squeeze that down into such short pieces, you know, it's asking a lot. And so you, you learn like the pieces and parts that, that make that work. So it's like every year I learn, I'm like, all right, I, I know I have to have an intro. I have to have, you know, I have to have every piece of the story. So when it goes on TV, there's no missing parts. It's got a good flow to it, you know. So whoever's watching it watches the whole story because you, you, that's what you want, not just for, you know, necessarily a television, I guess, standpoint, but just so the person watching it doesn't miss anything. So they feel the same, so they get the same joy out of it that you did. You're trying to take them along. That's how it was always explained to me when I was learning. You know, you, the, the viewers, you're trying to take them along with you because you're trying to explain to them what happened every step of that hunt. So I guess every year I learn more because like every year I, I swear I think I'm like, I got this figured out now. And then another year goes by and I'm like, nah, you still got a lot of learning to do. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it, it's like it, there's a little bit more pressure every year because I know just what, what all goes into it. 
Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work, man. Do you spend a lot of time at the office when during the off season, like editing and getting ready for other stuff, doing the podcast stuff like that? Um, so like we have like like Slade Reeves does uh, edits the show. Troy uh, works does a lot of editing on the show. Um, me and Jordan, we do some editing, but like, like, dude, if I tried to edit a TV show, it'd probably be a disaster. I've never, I've never even attempted it. All the editing I do is, um, you know, like we'll edit some YouTube videos. And then honestly, like this, this summer, I've primarily been working on the podcast cause it's starting to, to grow a pretty good bit. And so we're putting more attention towards that. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a lot during the off season. It's a lot of, of office time and, and gathering, you know, kind of just gathering everything back together, making sure we've got everything together for the upcoming hunting season. Like, you know, like now we're, you know, kind of starting to take inventory on like just our camera gear. Do we have everything we need? Deer stands, um, GoPros, batteries, wireless mics, you know, just kind of assessing, all right, what do we have? What's broken, you know, because we're all liable to break stuff. Sometimes you got to replace stuff or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of office time. It's not, not near as, uh, not near as I guess entertaining as, as the in the field work, obviously, but you know it's it's part of it. Yeah, yeah. So so how is it on your your family when you travel quite a bit? Is it is it tough or how does that work? Um, it's it's honestly it's not bad, especially you know like I'm I'm still I'm not I'm not married, so um, that's pretty easy. Like uh, I when like the hardest thing is probably a little tough on my mom when I first started, like I said, cause I was, I was a 21 year old kid, man, you know, yeah. like fresh out of college. And then all of a sudden I'm gone. Like that first elk season, I think I was gone like 30 something days, just gone. So, but you know, five years in now. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of gotten pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get used to it. I mean, I'm all, I just got married like two weeks ago. And so I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like last season, even when I was just dating someone, I was like, man, it's tough. Like you always got someone trying to fight you back. I'm like, no, not this weekend. No, you said you were going to do this with your other friends and like this and stuff. Cause I feel like I have two different friend groups. I got like two buddies. That's like on Friday, you're going to meet me here and we're going to be, we're going to disappear. And then like, I got other friends are like, where are you going this weekend? You know? So it's like, I'm I'm always interested in seeing how people, especially producing shows like are balancing that. Like even with, my mom and dad would worry about me, stuff like that. I just, I think that's cool, man. That's a cool dream. It's I bet, like, it, I bet it, it gets lonely sometimes, though. It can, it definitely can. Um, like it, it's been like a, like a on, like it's been a, it's happened a couple times. I won't say an ongoing thing. Like there's been a couple times where I've been, you know, like dating a girl or whatever, and then elk season happens, and they they don't make it through elk season. It's yeah. like <laughs> they're gone for thirty days. Like nah, I'm like okay, well you know. It's the ongoing joke, um, like Brad and Jimmy. They always say, "Like this job will cull them quick." Because I mean, it's a like it's 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 a demanding job. Like it's it, it's uh, I have several friends that think I just play around in the woods all day. And and don't get me wrong, like I still I wouldn't trade this job for anything. I love it, but there are some days where it's absolute work, and it's it's you know it's just it's part of it, and it, it is demanding. But um, yeah, like you said, it, it can be taxing, and it does get lonesome at times. Um, Quite honestly, you know, because, you know, even when you're around, you know, we're around the crew or whatever, if we do a trip where it's just like me or Brad or whatever, you know, still, you know, you're around, like, say I'll go with Brad, like, all right, we're around each other all the time and you're still, you know, you miss home, you miss your friends, but, you know, it, it, it evens out. 
Oh yeah, no, it has its pros and cons. All all jobs do. Yeah, every yeah. every everything's got a pro and a con to it. I don't care what it is. So what for someone that's listening that is, I got I I think I got a few listeners that are real young and that like really want to break into the hunting industry. Maybe uh, maybe that's with YouTube. Maybe that's with filming for somebody, working for somebody in marketing or however that would be. What advice would you give to someone that's trying to maybe working somewhere else or growing up that wants to be in the outdoor industry. Like, is it, is it, you know, I, you just got to be determined. You got to provide value. You got to be experienced. Like, what is it for you? The, the best, the, like there, there's a couple things, but like the foremost thing that I can tell someone is find a way to get some sort of professional experience, like find, like find a way. And, uh, like I said, the, the internship with Mid, with Midwest whitetail, that's what opened the door for me. Um, also, like even if even if you have to make that kind of experience for yourself, you know, if that doesn't, you know, if you're if an internship doesn't work out for you, like if you're not able to get one or or whatever, uh, find a way. Like even like even I mean, this is kind of like the far side, but like even if it's like filming weddings or something, like find some way, like a local photographer, a local videographer, and get your hands on a camera and do some actual camera work, get some sort of, or, or, you know, do some actual video editing or sit in where you can watch some because um, thousands actually, you know, of, of people that want to be in the hunting. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have passion and drive for it a lot. So you have to find something that's going to set you apart. I, I've found in several instances, it's, is some sort of experience that, that sets you apart. So yeah, you, you need to get some sort of find a way like that. That's the best I can get. And, uh, yeah, like dedication is a big, big, uh, big factor too. You know, you don't want to be a flash in the pan. You don't want to try it for like a year and say, well, this isn't working out. Like, you know, sometimes it takes longer than that, but, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely, there, there's definitely ways to do it. Like it's fit, you know, like you're talking about like YouTube, you know, there's, there's ways to, to get your work out there now, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, like, and I always, I never encourage, I'll never discourage somebody from chasing after, you know, their passions and their dreams. Cause that's what I do. You know, I, I, I have people that send me messages on like my Instagram page all the time that ask me a similar question. How do I get in the uh, hunting industry? And I never say, you know, don't try it. It's not worth it. No, it, it is yeah. worth it. You know, that's what, I mean, that's, you have that passion for a reason. Um, you know, I'm not going to blow smoke and say this is absolutely going to work out for you, but I mean, it's not going to hurt you to try. So absolutely, absolutely, you know, chase after what you, what you want to do, you know, absolutely. Yeah. The internet's a crazy thing too, man. I mean, the idea that, I mean, you and I didn't know each, didn't know each other at all, you know, right. even 30 yeah. minutes ago, it's like yeah. you message somebody like, talk to this guy, you talk to this guy, he's like, you know what? I want you to shoot our new bow. I want you to do this. Like <laughs> it's, you never know when, when something's going to absolutely change your entire outlook it leads to a job offer, leads to you moving somewhere. And, yeah. you know, I'm working a, a corporate job in Austin right now. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't. I was like, maybe one day someone will just give me a job offer, and I'll I'll, I'll quit and I'll move somewhere else. But n until then, I'm I'm sticking here. But that's cool, man. I think that's really good advice. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know, you got to chase after what you what you want. There's a famous. I'm not going to take credit. It's actually Jim Carrey that said it. Uh, Jim Carrey he said he said you can you can fail at doing what you don't want, so you might as well try doing something that you love. Mm -hmm. You know. 
I a hundred percent believe in that, you know, and you know, like I said, I, I got it in a situation where I really could give it all my attention. You know, I was young, I was in college. So, you know, if you're, you know, say, you know, maybe if you're married and you got kids, I'm not saying, you know, like quit your job and, you know, but there's still ways that you can give it effort, you know, that's, yeah. that's you know. I'm interested in this, this, you said you've had six elk seasons under your belt now. Yeah. Um, I haven't been elk hunting, but I got a trip planned and it's August 31st. Well, actually September 1st through the 7th of September in Colorado. Okay. What do you think? I've asked so many people now, elk guides, people like that, but what are some of the things that you would focus on getting ready from someone? I mean, going from Mississippi to Colorado, that's very different. Going from Texas to Colorado, that's very different. You know, what what were those things that you focused on to get yourself ready for something like that? So, like, like one, you know, like, I, it's, it's kind of a, like a thing these days. You see it everywhere, like people doing like the, like the, I don't know, like the, I don't know, like the mountain ops kind of thing or like that. And then like some people make fun of that. Some people are all into it, but like, I'll, I'll absolutely tell you, like, that's a big, like you, you, you want to be in some sort of good physical shape before you start chasing elk because that, I mean, it will whoop you if you don't. That altitude is serious. Actually, I got the, the first year that I, I did it, I got altitude sickness. We were, really? Yeah, in Colorado, we were. What happened is I was I was so like I, I had done the whole New Mexico trip. We had I'd filmed like like just one. It was a fantastic trip. I'd filmed four four bulls get shot with a bow, and then we went north to Colorado. We filmed one, and we'd been hunting for like three or four days. We killed one bull, and then we were, uh, had one more to kill. And what I'd done is I got dehydrated. I was like pushing myself so hard because it was like, it, this was my, this color, this New Mexico, Colorado trip was my first trip with Primo. So I was like trying to, you know, just bust my back and work as hard as I could to earn my keep, you know, cause at, at this point I didn't know if I was going to be like, if I was going to be like a one-time thing cameraman, if it was going to be a continuous thing. So I was really trying to, you know, just prove myself. And uh, I got dehydrated and got altitude sick, so that was bad. Don't do that. So <laughs> drink your water for sure. Um, but yeah, like elk hunting, it, it's it's uh, it is like heavily relatable to turkey hunting. Um, really, I think some people would. I've heard some people disagree with that. Not many. Um, Will Primo says it's relatable to turkey hunting, so I believe what he says. Um, they just, you know, the factor that, that you don't have is obviously the wind. Elk can smell as good as a whitetail. So, uh, but a thing to, to learn is, especially if you're going, like, I'm not sure, uh, but like where we go in Colorado at, at that point, and like first through the 7th of September would probably be kind of, uh, would be early-ish, you know, not mm-hmm. full bore bugling, acting, you know, just stupid. Um, and so, one one common mistake that I see is uh, people just showing up uh, like, you, you know, they, 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 they've never been elk hunting before. They go out there the first day and they just expect to, the elk to be doing exactly what they see on every elk hunting video they've ever seen. You know, they want them to be bugling and running in. And sometimes when they're early, they're just not doing that, you know. So you kind of have to rely more on you know, where your food source is at, where your water hole is at, 
Uh, and you can call them in, you know, to, to some degree, you know, if you, if you catch the bull in the right mood, but it, you don't want to just go in there blowing the reeds out of your calls trying to locate them. It's, it's more of like, you know, like finding where they are and getting the wind right and maybe even, you know, like stalking in on them a little bit, but, um, or getting close. Cause sometimes when it's that early, you can, you know, if you get close enough, you know, you, you're not going to, maybe if you, you know, if they're not fired up, if you're a couple hundred yards away, you're not going to be calling them in, but if you can get, you know, within, you know, maybe a hundred yards or so and start making a few cow sounds, then you make it spark interest enough to bring one over to you. But, um, yeah, man, I would say like definitely, you know, kind of, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably in decent shape, you know, that, and then drinking your water. And then, like I said, don't, yeah, let the, let the elk dictate how you hunt. I've seen that, that's like ruined many a hunt. People just going in the woods, just blowing elk calls and they don't, they don't know what temperament those elk are at. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I think it's a just like turkey hunting, man. Any anytime someone gets a call in their hand, you see how good of a steward they are with it. It's <laughs> like, you know, it's it's like opening day of man, this this sucked. I hate telling this, but uh, <laughs> opening day of turkey season, we slipped in on a bird, a good bird, a three and a half year old bird, and uh, we're calling. He pitches off the roost, and he's just gobbling his head off, and they kind of do that weird thing where. They uh they'll walk ten yards to you and they'll puff up and they'll turn and they'll go both ways like over here baby come on like come on come a little closer because we had we had that hen decoy out and uh he'd walk ten more yards and do it and then across the field you share with a box call and somebody just nailing it and man that he tucked his tail and ran but anywho yeah. I feel like that could be the that could be a similar narrative in the elk woods too yeah it, it it's a uh, yeah especially if are you on public ground. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's going to be a lot, a lot of that, you know, a lot of people, yeah, just going out there, just blowing their bugle tubes, blowing their cow calls. It, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, like I said, it's fairly similar. So, um, it's, I, and that's, that's the same with any kind of hunting, but yeah, like go in there and spend, spend a lot of time scouting, spend a lot of time glassing, you know, if you can, like just spotting elk because elk are, you know, especially if there are still in that kind of an early period, elk are creatures of habit, man. If you see a spot, you know, where there's a lot of oak brush or, you know, if they're, you know, field or something where they're feeding and you can, you can spot like a, somewhere in the evenings, like a big field they're dumping out into to feed in the evening and you, and you see them do that, then there's a good chance if you can get there with the wind right, then you can maybe catch them coming out into that field again. I know several guys that have killed bulls doing that kind of thing, you know. You can't, you can't make them be in rut, you know? So if you, you know, I mean, honestly, for your sake, I hope you get there and they are bugling like crazy, you know, that yeah. makes, makes it a little bit more fun, a little bit easier to work with. But like I said, you, you never know, but patience and taking time to, you know, figure out the land you're on a little bit and, you know, you never know. You could, you may walk out of there with a couple hundred pounds of elk meat. You don't know. Yeah. Have you been able to take one yourself yet? Yeah, um, like I said, Will and, and Jimmy and all of them, they're great guys and uh, not selfish to any degree. So I, it was my third elk season. Uh, I got a rifle tag in New Mexico, and that was like I was I was very, just for me and how I handle myself in those kind of situations, I was very happy to shoot with the rifle. And then, you know and, and like I, I can't i can't lie man i, I mean I, I consider myself i got it i kind of got it uh i kind of had a big advantage 
over the average guy that just goes out there for the first time because by the time that I went after my first rifle elk, I had seen 20 plus elk die, you know, just by filming. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'd seen the calling. I, you know, I'd been over the shoulder with people when they were bow hunting, you know, so I, I, I knew what was going on. So I felt, you know, I was like, man, I felt extremely fortunate, you know, cause I kind of knew the pieces and parts that went to it. And so, uh, yeah, I killed one with a rifle, um, which was, which was really cool. He was like 50 yards away. I was like, I was preparing before it says for like preparing for like his 200 yard shots. And then he comes in bugling like 50 yards and poof, that was cool. And then, uh, the next year, uh, they let me get an archery tag, which was like, you know, I was like, oh, God, you know. So, like, something that will stick with me for the rest of my life, you know, because, you know, Will Primos was a hero of mine. And if he heard me say that, he would backhand me because he he does, you know, Will's like the most humble guy you'll ever meet. He doesn't want me calling him his hero. You know, he's, he's like, yeah. you know, he's just a really down-to-earth guy. But, uh, yeah, so... To not this September, but the last, uh, I shot, uh, a good bull with my bow and Will actually called him in for me. So, you know, to have your first archery elk get called in by Will Primo's is, is, is pretty, pretty special. Pretty special. That's incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, I can't, oh, I can't imagine releasing an arrow on an elk. I mean, shooting so many whitetail. Oof. Yeah. I can't wait for something like that. It's, I'll never forget, and I will say, like, I'm not sure, I should be more up on this, but I'm not, like, because, you know, our shows air on Outdoor Channel, and then after a certain time period, we put them up on YouTube, so yep. those elk episodes, that one of that elk I just uh, told you about, that'll be up on YouTube to where everyone can, you know, anyone can watch it. It should be here pretty soon, but um, I'll tell you this, man, like, I had, uh, like I said, I had done every, I had seen just about everything I thought except for actually looking through a peep site at an elk, you know, and, uh, I can remember like he, you know, he, he was, uh, a smaller bull, which me, man, look, I'm not, I'm not picky at all. Like I actually, a smaller bull would come up and he, he was about to get it, but he stayed facing me the whole time. And, you know, we like to wait for broadside or quarter and away shots. And so. That actually worked out better because the the herd bull was actually got up and come walking down, bugling, going down to Will, and uh, I was about like I saw him coming, and I could I was anticipating the trail he's kind of coming down, and so I I was about to grab my rangefinder. One, I mean, I had ranged that whole spot like a hundred times, but I was you know in that little span that we'd been set up there, but me just freaking out, I wanted to range it again. But then I saw him take the little turn and saw him coming down. I was like, oh, goodness, I don't need this rangefinder. I just kind of slipped it back in my pocket. And there was a falling over tree that I needed his head to go behind. And his head just slow walking and, you know, kind of, you know, growling and bugling. His head goes behind that tree and I draw back and I just wait. And then I didn't, he was like 25 yards. Oh, wow. I'll never forget, you know, I mean, just completely broadside bugling at 25 yards i can remember like kind of going looking through the people putting my pins on him and i was like settling the pin and then i realized that elk is so big i could put the whole ring on his vitals and it would have killed him because <laughs> they're so big you know yeah like my my 20 yard pins in his lungs and my bottom pins in the bottom of his heart you know <laughs> like you can't miss mm-hmm. uh, but you know it was uh yeah it was a it was it was a special special hunt i i like i said a shot 25 yards on a big animal like that i, I was fortunate i made a good shot right through the lungs he ran like 60 yards up the hill and fell over and 
then the celebration commenced. I still, they still make fun of me, man. I was like laying on the ground, like just, you know, <laughs> and I just shot an elk, you know, I lost, I lost my cool, but it was yeah. a fun day. That's so awesome, man. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Especially to do it with real Will Primos there. That's even, that yeah. makes it even more special. It was, it was, you know, like the Jordan filmed it and then, uh, Troy was over there running a second angle. So, Jordan and Troy and Will were all there with me when I killed my first bull. It was uh, it, it'll be a day I never forget, like for sure. Yeah. So for someone that's listening that wants to, that maybe wants to get into elk hunting or turkey hunting or you know something like that, what what kind of products do you guys offer as far as that? I know your logo is or your slogan is "Speak the language," and kind of what does that mean, and what products do you have to to back that up? Yeah. Um, so speak the language, you know, Wilbur and them, they came up with that, you know, long, long before I came to work there, but it was just kind of a, they wanted a, they wanted a, a statement, you know, they wanted a catchphrase to kind of go with the brand that matched what they did and what they believed in. And, uh, we actually, you know, we were talking, me and Jordan recorded the podcast with Jimmy not that long ago, like just last week, we haven't aired it yet. We kind of asked him about, we were asking about the old days and how they all got started and Jenny was actually telling me, he said, it's something, he said there was a certain point where Will was actually getting kind of worried. He was, he was like, because he, he said it's kind of funny. He said Will was getting worried. He said we're putting so much time and attention to detail on these calls. We were, he said, I honestly think some of these people are going to buy these calls and then not buy another one again because it's, they're just not going to need another call. They're just going to buy yeah. one. That's all they need. And so that's kind of where it came from. They were they were building stuff that they believed in. They were building stuff that worked. Uh, they were building stuff that was going to last, and they were going to build stuff that essentially spoke the language of whatever they were hunting. Um, so yeah, for for turkey, which is you know turkey's kind of special for Primos because that's what started it. You know when Primos first began, it was called Primos Yelpers, and it was turkey calls. That's all. That so that that was the first thing that Will had going. Um, and yeah, man, we have a whole line of turkey stuff. We have mouth calls, fox calls, slate calls, um, everything that you can imagine <laughs> for for turkey hunting. Gobble shakers, who knows? Um, there's a new line of stuff that we just came out with that I'm very fond of. Um, like there's a there's a box call, probably my favorite one. There's a box call called the Tall Timber Gabriel, mm-hmm. and uh, the probably is. The reason why I like it so much that this call was pretty much Wilbur's and uh, Anthony, the guy who runs our CNC department, that, that, that was kind of their baby, their design of the call. Um, and there's kind of a kind of like an improvement, I guess, on the original Heartbreaker, which was one of uh, pretty much more popular box calls. But Will wanted two thumb holes in the side so he could cut and fly down cackle better. But um, Something about man, like a like a handmade in Mississippi hand tuned box call that just has has that good sound to it. They, you know, that kind of they can just pull a gobble out of a turkey. But yeah, man, our our, our turkey call line is extensive, and um, so is our elk line, man. Um, you know, Wilbur, like again, they started doing the elk thing a long, long time ago, um, and I never picked up or tried to call an elk until I started working here, and so. Wilbur, Wilbur taught me how to blow a bugle tube. Wilbur taught me how to blow uh, an elk diaphragm call. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the Hoochie Mama elk call, probably uh, when they came out with that, that was pretty revolutionary in the elk world. But, yeah, so, you know, for especially uh, like for you, man, the you know, first elk hunt, Hoochie Mama is a call you're probably going to want to get because that's your, 
that's your cow sounds that you can't, you know, especially like me, I'm bad. I was especially bad if I was calling for somebody else, elk, and then I'd get yeah, all excited yeah. and all of a sudden I couldn't make any sounds with my mouth calls anymore. I'd be like, <laughs> I was just too fired up. You know, you take that hoochie mama and just, you know. Um, so, yeah, the hoochie mama is great. Uh, the top pin is probably my favorite elk diaphragm call. Uh, we have a, you know, reed calls as well. The, we have one called the Muey Grande, probably my favorite one there. Uh, and then uh, the Bullet Bugle, uh, probably my favorite bugle too, just because you can get that big, you can get a big guttural sound. You can get as loud as you want, but you can also get quiet with it. And then the thing's only like this big. You know, some people walk around. I'm not down in it. I'm just, it's, you know, some people have bugle tubes that, you know, the dang thing's like that long. And I just, I'd rather it be, you know, it's like I can just have a little tote strap on it, just sits right there. And so, and, uh, yeah, like, yeah, Primo's elk, elk call line is extensive as well. There's, there's plenty of it. And it's easy to get to. It's all on, on the website. And we have e-commerce now where you can order it and have it shipped directly to your house and all, all that good stuff. Not to, not to talk too much of a plug, but. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why you're on here and it, it a little bit is like i want to know i want to know what you guys got and someone yeah, it's a, another thing too man we did this uh this has been a couple of years work and we have on our youtube channel we have playlists um there's turkey hunting playlist elk hunting playlist and then there's some where you can go on youtube and you can watch a video on every specific product like if you okay. go on the website and say i want to know what the cowgirl is we have a a read call, it's a bite, a bite and blow style call called the cowgirl. You, you can go on there, you can watch the girl. Uh, but then there's also this, actually, man, this, this would be good for you going out there for the first time. There's like how to's on there. Like we got, we got up with Will and he went over calling tactics. Uh, we did some with Brad too, you know, just put strategy, you know, especially, you know, if you, if it's your first time going. So there's, yeah, there's extensive, uh, I'm using the word extensive a lot. There's a whole lot of videos out there with some with some quality stuff. We you know we try not to just throw content out there. We try we try to make sure that it's stuff that people would actually benefit from. Yeah, is your hoochie mama? Is it one that you can squeeze in your hand? Mm -hmm. Man, it, are those legal? Like that that's that sounds like if yeah. something can produce a, a good sound, like that sounds a little too easy. I feel like everyone would be walking around the woods with one. It, well, it's funny, like. Will said when they first came out with it, that was pretty much the deal. Like, it's been, like, everywhere, you know, because it, seriously, man, but it's a good call. And it, I tell you what it's good for, like, because a lot of people, you know, think that, like, oh, man, it's just kind of a beginner's call. And it is. It's a great beginner's call. But, like, if I'm calling, because they, they've actually, you know, like I, I said, I've, I've, they've gotten to where they trusted me some to, to drop back and do a little calling now. And, uh especially you know like will cause it making herd excitement you know if you want to make it sound like there's more than one elk over there you know you i can i can have a, a diaphragm call or a recall in but i can you know i could be making another sound i can sound like there's two or three different cows over here you know so it, it's good for mixing stuff in and making it sound like multiple cows and excited calling and, and all that so it has it has multiple uses that's for sure yeah that's great i mean i gotta tip my hat to you guys too i got a uh I think it was at Academy. I got a Primo's Foggy Bottom uh, turkey call. And yeah. man, that is the best turkey call I've ever seen for 25 bucks. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know if you could make a better turkey call for that cheap. I got it. And I've I've played with some really expensive slates. Or, yeah, yeah slate call. And I, 
I was just hitting it. It sounded like butter, man. And so I, I got to tip my hat to you guys on that one. That was a great call and helped me this, this turkey season. Well, well, I appreciate it, man. That All that credit goes due uh, to one. Like, one, here's, like, something that some, some people probably know now after you put it out there a little bit, but not a lot of people know. We, we do something called the Game Call Council. Um, so we, like, every – we try to do it, you know, every quarter, at least once every quarter, a lot of times more, more than that. But we'll get guys from marketing. We'll get all the video guys, you know, Wilbur, Jimmy, myself, Jordan, Troy, uh, Brad, if he's available, um, uh, Anthony, who runs our CNC shop. We'll all get in our conference room and we'll go over new call ideas. What do we need to, or like, hey, you know, like a lot of times we'll, we'll prototype stuff, you know, a whole spring before, you know, so we can say, hey, this, this is great. Let's put this on the shelf. Or, hey, we, it's good, but we need to tweak on this. And then we also have like completely new ideas. So um, every call that is put out by Primos goes through the small game council, goes through prototyping, and then, you know, our guys at CNC down in Brookhaven, Mississippi, they are wizards, man. They're, they're the ones who get all the credit for, you know, making the box calls and, and the slate calls like that. It, they're, they're good at what they do. Yeah, they definitely, they really are. They yeah. really are, and I, yeah. I really like them. Foggy Bottoms, we were, yeah, the Foggy Bottom, we've been very, very happy with that. Mm-hmm. I bet you guys have sold quite a few of them, too. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no How one, many people work for you guys? I probably should know the actual, like, the specific number. <sighs> oh. Is it just the one office in Mississippi? What what town in Mississippi, by the way? No, so it's in Flora, Mississippi, is where, okay. is where like, the Primo's headquarters is, uh, which is, you know, if you're looking at Mississippi, there's, you know, Jackson, the capital. Um Flora is like 10, 15 minutes to the west of, of, of Jackson. And then uh, the CNC shop where they do all the, like I said, the, the, the call making and stuff, that's about an hour and a half south of there. So there's, there's two offices. Okay. I, I would say, like I said, I, I maybe I should be able to give an exact number, but, you know, probably with like CNC and the big office combined, it's probably close to 100 people, but, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I should be, but. Yeah, that's I'm actually, awesome. I'm, I'm not in the office a, a whole lot. You know, I said these yeah. months right here is the only time I'm around a bunch. Right, yeah. right. So if someone wants to get a Primos call, where what's the website to do that? Where can they get them um, as far as stores go, stuff like that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Primos.com, uh, e-commerce, you can go in there and order whatever. Uh, and right now they're actually like, this isn't a plug. This is actually like going on right now. They have, there's a deal right now. If you like, I think it's like, if you order more than $75, the shipping's free. So that's nice. Um, and then like, man, all the major retailers are carry it, you know, like Cabela's and Bass Pro, uh, Walmart always has some Primo stuff. Pretty, I mean, I haven't, there's not too many, uh, you know, Academy's got them, but yeah, pretty much all hunting retail stores will have some Primo's product in there. But if you go into one of those stores and you don't see, exactly what you're looking for you know like we have some guys around around you know like you know maybe and i I don't know like but i know some guys in our situation they can't find a store that has an elk call you know because yeah you know if if you're hunting you know if they're from a region where there's no elk you know but uh if that's the case then yeah you can just hop on primos.com and we'll ship it to your door cool so work work in the uh work in the listeners keep up with you if they want to keep up with your story your videographing your memes i really liked your memes on your profile man those were awesome yeah man those are that's my uh that's my creative outlet <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think 
honestly, man, the whole like the whole meme thing started. Like, I got really tired of the hunting community bashing each other. Yeah. You know? I, like I say, like maliciously. I mean, like the, my, I guess the memes I make sometimes I'm like bashing on Jordan or whatever, but like jokingly. And so I was like, man, we get enough negativity from animal rights activists and and who all whoever I was like we need like somebody needs to like lighten this thing up a little bit so i started making memes when i got bored and people seem to like them so I, no so they're I, awesome so I, they're really creative yeah so I, I keep doing it and uh yeah i have fun with it but yeah so um yeah like instagram uh i'm really easy to find lake pickle like i said there's only i don't know of another one with a name such as mine i can thank my parents for that one uh and then um primos primos hunting it's primos underscore hunting if you search that it'll probably be the first one to pop up um and yeah those two are both of those are really good pages to follow we keep them updated um you know we we put out podcasts weekly right now there's new episodes on outdoor channel airing every week uh and then obviously the social media channels will pick up a lot when uh when season starts um you know, because we'll be hunting, there'll be a lot more stuff going on. We try to keep the Instagram stories pretty up to date. Um, and uh, YouTube, obviously, Primo's Hunting on YouTube. We, we update that constantly. Perfect. Yeah. That's cool. Not, so I got, do what? Go ahead. So we're, no, we're not hard to find. We're out there. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are definitely out there. So I wanted to ask you one thing before we go. I'm always interested to hear, uh, hear unique answers on this one. Is like, so I know you probably started hunting because of your family and you know generational things and i like to make people think a little bit deeper about it why do you continue to hunt why do, why do you hunt? yeah why do you continue to do it why Why do you love it um i can say like a hundred percent even like take primos out of the equation take the job i have now i would still be hunting like no question uh there's just there's such a it just has such an appeal to me um the whole everything about it you know I, I honestly not to sound like i know like the whole field the you know like the whole wild game movement is kind of big right now not to sound cliche uh but like actually like eating wild game means more to me than it ever has just just because i've you know i, I honestly because i've done some podcasts with some like wild game chefs that give me ideas so i've started to cook different stuff but even even yeah. beyond that i just I, there's everything about hunting from start to finish I love like every part of it. I like the, the preparation, like, like next week, Jordan and I are going to Kansas to get some trail cameras out and hang some stands. Cause we're coming back there in November. And I love that. I love it. I love putting the puzzle together. I love the pursuit of it. I like, I, I there's something that cannot be understated about how special it is to watch the woods wake up in the morning. I mean, it, it's, is dang near therapeutic you know it's it's there's just something about it that draws me you know and, and being able to put myself in a situation where i can make an animal that's as crafty and as weary as a mature buck or a mature bull elk or you know a, a cuffed up green-headed mallet if I, if I can put myself to where i can fool them that that that's that's pretty cool to me, you know, cause they're not, that's not easy to do, you know? And, uh, at the same time, man, I just, I just, there's just so, I don't know, like, uh, so much respect out the 
I, I can't, I can't not do it, you know? And, uh, also, uh, like there's a lot of who I am today and how much I hunt today, even before primos is attributed to people investing in me, people that I love and I care about, uh, spent time when I was a young kid that knew nothing. Even people that were outside my family, uh, would take, take time to take me out hunting and, and show me that. And I developed that love for it that I have because of that. And so I have full intentions of doing that myself. And that, that's part of the reason, man, like that I, you know, do the, the Instagram stuff, you know, cause I want, you know, if anyone stumbles upon my page, I want them to see a positive side of hunting, you know? And yeah, that's me continuing to hunt. It's just I, like, they, I can't name off anything that I don't love about it. So I can't not do it. Yeah. It's a blessing, man. It's definitely a desire I feel like put uniquely in people by God himself. It's, I, I, I couldn't imagine not doing it. And like even going to school and everything, it's like, I don't care if October 1st, like the opening day of both season was on a Thursday and there was a test. It was like, I'm sorry, I, I have to go, right. you know, it's yeah. nothing personal. I just have to go. And I've told, <laughs> I've told my wife now that it's, it's not you. I just have to, I don't know. I, I can't without, I don't know who I am without it, you know? And so that's cool, man. That's awesome. I love what you're doing in the space. I'm looking forward to watching some of your videos, watching some of the outdoor channel stuff that you got going on and look forward to talking to you sometime in the future too. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. I'm, I'm thankful for you having me on and letting me ramble for, I don't even know how long we've been talking, but I feel yeah. like I'm a lot. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great, I love podcasting, man. It's the only place you can talk for as long and about whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, that's kind of why we started doing it on, on our end. So, yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We really appreciate it. And we really do do the podcast for you all. And just to stay in tune with that and what you guys want to hear, feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram on who you would like to see on the podcast next.